Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 28th is Acts chapter 18, verse 19, through the end of chapter 19. That is verse 41. Paul is continuing at Corinth. This time he takes Priscilla and Aquila with him. It's interesting that the scriptures very often put Priscilla's name before her husband, Aquila. Maybe she was the more dominant leader of the two. But nevertheless, Paul is separating at this point from Silas and Timothy, and he sails on to Ephesus, where he stays for a short time, and then he moves on to Caesarea and Antioch, and then Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening the disciples everywhere he went. That's the role of the apostle, to go and to strengthen, to build up. Actually, that's the role of all of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's all for the sake of building up the house, the spiritual house that is the body of Christ. In verse 24, we are introduced to Apollos, who was quite effective in Ephesus as he taught boldly in the synagogues, teaching about Jesus and proving that Jesus was the Messiah. Of course, at this time, they only had the Old Testament. And so using the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus, he explained to the people how Jesus fulfilled them, and he was indeed the Messiah. Apollos had received John's baptism, the baptism of repentance in water, and wasn't aware of the Holy Spirit baptism. Priscilla and Aquila took him aside that literally says they received him. Likely they took him into their home and explained the way of God to him more effectively. This is how it should be in the body of Christ. Now, Apollos was humble enough to receive their teaching, and they were gracious enough to go to him, to invite him to their home, most likely, and teach him in greater understanding so that he would have a more full view of the way God was moving in that time. How unified would the church be if people who understood the way of God more fully were so gracious to open their homes, invite people who were passionate and zealous and yet might not have the full picture into their homes, if those who were passionate and zealous were humble enough to understand that they didn't have the complete truth and they're and that we're always in the process of learning into the full expression of who God wants us to be. We can absolutely learn this lesson from the church in Ephesus all those years ago, from Priscilla and Aquila and their humble leadership. But it also shows the importance of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, because right here in chapter 18, it talks about how they instructed Apollos in a more full view. And the very next story in chapter 9 says, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul went to Ephesus. And while he was speaking with some disciples, he asked them when they believed if they had received the Holy Spirit. No, they said, much like Apollos, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Tell us more. Paul explained that John's baptism was one of repentance that John came foretelling about Jesus and that the people needed to repent. They needed to admit that they were living life incorrectly, that they were even relating to and ministering to God in 
an improper or incomplete way, and they needed to change that. And it was those people who would receive and recognize that Jesus was the Messiah. When the disciples heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit and began to prophesy and speak in other languages or tongues. We should be careful not to create a dogma around baptism. That word baptism literally means to be immersed. There's a lot of doctrinal differences, and some would even argue about what baptism is and what it should be like. But again, the word means immersed. You could say that John's name was John the Immerser, and people were immersed into John, showing that they agreed that they understood they needed to repent to his immersion of repentance. People were immersed into Jesus, completely covered up by him, nothing left untouched. When you literally go underwater and come back up, every hair on your head is drenched. Nothing about you is left unchanged. And so whether it's literal or physical, that's between you and God. But the idea is being changed. The word baptismo in Greek literally means immersed. And it was used in extra biblical writings of that time to refer to the way yarn or thread would be dyed. It would be dipped in a liquid of the desired color, and when it came out, it would be changed. It would be that new color. So it is when we are immersed into Jesus, when we are immersed into the Holy Spirit, it's not so much about a physical act, it's about a spiritual change. The physical act is an outward sign of the change that is taking place on the inside, and it's all very important, and I certainly don't minimize any of these very important choices that we all need to make as believers. But let's also be very careful not to force our own opinion on anyone else. Let's position people in a place that they are willing and able to hear from God themselves and make up their own mind. When we learn to do this more effectively, People will learn to follow God themselves, and we will create a movement like is taking place that we're reading about in the book of Acts. When people do this and learn to hear from God and obey Him on their own, we won't be creating religion or even denominations. We will be recreating the movement of God that took place during the book of Acts that we're reading about here today. In verse 8, it says, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for a period of three months, and he was persuading them about the kingdom of God. We need a greater understanding today about the kingdom of God, God's dominion. He is the king, and his dominion is advancing, and we are partnering with him to make that happen. When Jesus told us to pray, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, That's what it means when the kingdom of God advances. The laws and edicts of heaven, the way things are in heaven, should be on this earth. It is also mirrored in Luke where Jesus taught us to pray for more workers to reap the harvest. Interestingly, in verse 9, when some of the people became hardened against the truth, they refused to believe it, they began complaining about it, 
and slandering it. Paul didn't stand up and fight them. He withdrew. He took the disciples, those who were believing, those who wanted to grow in the knowledge of the kingdom of God, and they went to a rented hall and continued their meetings there. They weren't trying to create division, and they weren't trying to save everyone. They were sharing the truth as effectively as possible, and those who were interested in learning more began to follow. By choosing not to be divisive, but withdrawing to their own place, they were able to minister there for two years. And it says everyone, and it says all the residents of Asia were able to hear the gospel because of this. There was such a heavy concentration of the power of God upon Paul and his very presence that articles of clothing he touched were carrying his anointing. People were passing out handkerchiefs he had used And by touching these handkerchiefs, people were being healed and evil spirits were being driven out of them. There were some imposters who came along also who thought that was pretty cool. And so they began going around saying, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, evil spirit come out of that person. On one such occasion, seven sons of a high priest named Sceva tried that very thing and the evil spirit turned around and answered them. That I know about Paul and I know Jesus, but don't know who you are because they didn't have the authority of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God within them. They were trying to practice Christian spellcasting, which is witchcraft, by throwing out Bible verses, and it didn't end well. The man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them. This is one against seven, mind you. And they ran from that place, having to leave their clothes behind, and they were physically wounded. When this happened, the name of Jesus was held in high esteem. People became very afraid and fearful and respectful of Jesus and his movement. We could use a measure of that today in Western society, couldn't we? Witches and magicians who had been practicing magic when confronted with the gospel recognized that their ways were evil and they began burning their books. Entire cities were being changed as the power of the Holy Spirit affected lives. This was the fulfillment of what Jesus had said, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's because the apostles, the disciples during this time had Tremendous understanding of the power of God and the authority that God had given to men. There's a fantastic book by a man I respect called Praying Medic. The name of the book is Power and Authority Made Simple. It's a relatively new book and it is fabulous. I highly recommend it. Get it on Amazon. Power and Authority Made Simple by Praying Medic. Check it out. If you want to grow in your own power and authority and see the kingdom of God advance in your territory. Next, we read the story of Demetrius, who had been a silversmith, and he comes to the faith and he no longer is willing to make these silver idols of these false gods. Coming to Jesus requires change, and it will change the economy of your city when God moves in a powerful way. What if Christians lived so differently from the world that the video game companies went out of business. 
that those who produce and market pornography saw their sales decrease in such a profound manner that they had to find other work to do? What if the drug dealers moved away because there was no longer demand for what they offer? What if even the very hospitals closed down because everyone was healed? When Jesus said the kingdom of heaven was here and it was advancing, he was referring to an offense, not a defense. Many Christians have mistakenly taken a defensive position instead of an offensive one. We should rethink that. We should grow in our understanding of how to wield the power that God has given to us and what authority to use that power he is holding out to us. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. It truly is an honor. We will see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I am a real estate agent helping people buy and sell. I am a strategic listing specialist and a senior real estate specialist. And if you are a real estate professional interested in checking out a new brokerage, by all means, reach out to me through agentdaviddoty.com. Thank you for your consideration.